0: This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan. In studio, we'll have an update from Whitney Pittman as well. Light rains are being seen across a wide swath in the nation's midsection, extending from Texas all the way to Manitoba. The western edge of the system can be found from Rapid City to Bismarck to Winkler, Manitoba. The rains can be seen as far east as Illinois, Indiana, and Kentucky. Highs will be in the 40s and 50s today, but a cold front is on its way dropping those daytime highs into the 20s by Thursday.
2: President Joe Biden signing the continuing resolution giving lawmakers until January 19th to pass funding bills for agriculture, transportation, and energy. Eight other funding bills face an early February deadline. The stopgap spending bill also includes a one-year extension to the farm bill. According
1: to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, that farm bill has been held up by a money problem. Right now, the farm bill, for the for all intents and purposes, is very production oriented. I mean, the whole debate and conversation. The reason we don't have a farm bill now, in large part, is because they can't figure out how to pay for reference prices. Because reference prices, for the most part, are are prices that will dictate how much support farmers get in the event of low low uh, prices or low yields during an appearance at the national association of farm broadcasting convention bill sack said a farm bill will not be finalized until that reference price issue is resolved in his view there are no other places within the current farm bill to tap the two billion dollars needed each year for that update what they could do is what they've done in the past they've looked at ccc what does the ccc do today well gosh it pays arc payments It pays PLC payments. It pays CRP payments. So what's the reluctance of using that asset that's available and is designed precisely to help farmers get through difficult times? Until they come to that realization,
2: I think we're going to be waiting a while for the Farm Bill. Minnesota Farm Bureau President Dan Glessing recapped their annual meeting saying resolution discussion was varied on the
0: voting delegate floor. The concern with solar being used on prime farmland, uh, we had several resolutions around that. Expanding that beginning farmer tax credit because it is a nice avenue to try and help some of those younger folks who want to get into agriculture. You know, we, we cover the gamut in that, in that policy book, but those those are some of the highlights. Um, we talked about CWD and deer and, and so on, stuff like that. You never know what you're going to hear uh, on that delegate floor as far as uh, arguments for or against, and, and that's what I enjoy is listening to that so that when we are having those conversations with lawmakers or consumers, I, I kind of know where the pulse of our, our membership is. And looking ahead, the Farm Bill, once again, a priority for the Minnesota Farm Bureau the foot is on the throttle. Um, you know, when we get into a presidential year, uh, politics come into play. And so our goal, you know, was the end of the year, but obviously with the CR and the, the one-year extension, um, our, our goal would be the first quarter of next year, try to get that farm bill done, the up, updated farm bill. Um, because there were a lot of great discussions that we've had over the past couple of years, of how can we improve this farm bill? I was on a call with Debbie Stabenow, who's the chair of the Senate Ag Committee, and she said the same thing. Let's let's get this done earlier than later. So that's that's our approach, and that's what we're going to keep on uh, on the farm bill.
1: NDFB President Daryl Lease will serve another two-year term as president. NDFB is in a great place right now. You know, approximately 28,000 member families, uh, best
3: financial position we've ever been in, and yet we are we are doing the work of the people and
1: and uh, spending more money than we've ever spent advocating on behalf of agriculture. Also. Private property rights once again dominated the policy session. That is a very foundational basis of all of our rights. Our people believe that. Uh, our fo- our foundation
3: of our organization is based on that. And a lot of the discussions go back to what you can do with your property, how you can handle your property, how you should be able to uh, set up your property for passing it on to the next generation. And, you know, many many of the other discussions kind of center around those, pa- those pieces.
1: When Angle Rancher Val Wagner was elected vice president, Wagner's been on the NDFB board for the past three years.
2: There were 11.9 million ahead of cattle and calves on feed as of November 1st. That's up 2% from a year ago. Marketing's declined 3% and placements rose 4%. In Friday's USDA report, the placements figure was down 4% in South Dakota, down 17% in Minnesota. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River
1: Farm Network. The Minnesota Farmers Union Annual Convention welcomed Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan over the weekend in Minneapolis. Following her address to the membership, she sat down with the Red River Farm Network Farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman.
4: Looking ahead to 2024, Lieutenant Governor Flanagan says she plans to make dairy policy a priority in the upcoming legislative session.
5: One of the things that I really had the honor of uh, being able to do is visit a lot of dairy farms across across the state. This is an industry that's incredibly important, um, and we know that it's been difficult. And so uh, I think uh, having some additional support this upcoming legislative session for dairy farmers is a priority of mine and um, something that I look forward to. To, to getting done in this upcoming session.
4: Implementation has begun of approved programs, but Flanagan says it will be important to continue following through
5: we did get a lot of things done this last legislative session making sure uh, that we're doing those things well Um, you know it's important for us to say that these investments are worthy of reinvestment and continued investment and I think that's going to be important for us Um, you know I'm sure that there are more priorities that will come out of this uh, convention more work that we'll do uh, together but it's implementation of the things that we've already done strengthening these relationships and continuing to listen and then um, react appropriately with the kind of uh, support and policy change that's needed to make sure that our agriculture industry and family farmers uh, stay strong in the state of Minnesota.
4: Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
2: Minnesota Farmers Union Vice President Ann Schwegel said members voiced a lot of concern about consolidation of corporations and climate change at their annual convention.
3: Our members are seeing you know, continued consolidation of corporations across the food and agribusiness sector. They're also seeing it within their rural grocers and fewer choices uh, for where to go within their communities. So So kind of that anti-monopoly work is always front and center for our members. The other stuff is that, you know, we experienced another late wet spring followed by a drought across the entire state of Minnesota. We're really on the front lines of the climate crisis. So our members are really engaged about kind of potential solutions and how farmers can be a piece of the of the solution to climate change.
2: Schweigel says the one year extension of the farm bill provides time to get a new one done right.
3: We're actually really pleased to see that because now we'll have a time to negotiate and be at the table as, uh, as farm bill negotiations happen and not be negotiating under a deadline, which is kind of what we were looking at before. So, you know, we want to get a farm bill done, of course, but we want to get the right farm bill done. And we want to get one that is fair to family farmers, that continues to provide a strong uh, safety net and have a uh, strong competition title in it and also continue to provide those uh, voluntary incentives for farmers doing conservation work on their on the landscape.
1: During the National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi spoke about the impact of rising interest rates. People didn't realize interest rates could go up so there's 15 years of bad habits and if you're in your 30s and you're farming, you don't actually realize what's happening. They'll realize more when they go to renew this year and stuff. But things that worked the last 15 years aren't going to work moving forward. Inflation is seen as an ongoing issue. I don't think we just get inflation down and that's it. We we hit it. And for the Fed to do what they need to do to nick inflation, I don't think they'd ever be willing to do that during an election year. To truly tame
2: inflation, they have to nuke it. And they're not going to do that for many reasons, of course. The funds are 700 million bushel short on corn, 550 million bushel short wheat. U.S. commodities broker Don Rose advises growers to watch the fund activity.
1: Really what happened is when we opened up trade to the large speculators. We could used to just trade 3,000 or 1,200 contracts was maximum, then we went to 3,000, 6,000, 12,000, then it's unlimited. So I think we just have more players. But you really need to know from a producer standpoint, anybody anymore, when the big funds get in and out of the market because it explodes both ways very quickly and it can be a big deal. A pair of Minnesota turkeys will receive a presidential pardon today on the South Lawn of the White House. National Turkey Federation Chairman Steve Lichen, who's president of the Janio Turkey Store in Wilmer, will make that presentation. The birds are named Liberty and Bell, and they will live out the rest of their lives at the University of Minnesota's St. Paul campus. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
2: good morning welcome to inside agriculture on the red river farm network basf technical marketing manager kim tudor says in general disease pressure was at a minimum this past season however there were pockets of heavy disease pressure
4: generally speaking i'm not going to say it was a heavy disease pressure year but what was interesting is when you think back to the disease triangle right there are three things you need for infection you need the host all right, well, we got lots of soybeans, we got lots of wheat, we got lots of corn, you need the pathogen. Well, we, we know we've got the pathogen. It overwinters, right, in the soil and in the, the stubble. You just need the right environmental conditions. And so I think that's what's important for growers to keep in mind is all it takes is, is a change of the weather and boom, all of a sudden you've got disease.
2: Tudor recommends being proactive rather than reactive.
4: So the fungicide solutions that we have um, for our customers, if we're talking corn, we're talking Veltima fungicide, soybeans, we're talking Revitec. Um, And for wheat, if we're talking about early season flag applications, we want to be talking about Preaxor or Nexacor. And then for that head scab timing, that's going to be Spherix fungicide. It's going to be the best protection you can get get against Dawn.
1: During the Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation annual meeting, state, former state representative Rod Hamilton and former Randolph FFA advisor Ed Terry were presented with the Distinguished Service to Agriculture Award. The FFA Advisor of the Year is Stacy Fritz of Chatfield and former farm business management instructor Kevin Dahlman was recognized with the Post-Secondary Agriculture Educator of the Year Award. Dr. Eric Mosel from the University of Minnesota North Central Research and Outreach Center was named the Extension Educator of the Year. And the Minnesota Farm Bureau Ag Communicator of the Year is our own Whitney Pittman of the Red River Farm Network. Congratulations. As we check into markets this morning, we're a little bit weaker in the wheat trade, down a nickel as we speak for the D's contract, 710 and a half, the quote. Chicago wheat for December, down 3 and a quarter, and the KC contract down three and three quarters. A fraction higher for Deese Corn, four, uh, 467 and a half, a half penny higher. March is steady. Soybeans for January, 1347 and a quarter, a seven cent gain. The March contract, 1363, and that's six and a half cents higher. Checking in on the farm calendar, the University of Minnesota Extension and uh, north dakota state university extension hosting a sheep and goat webinar that'll be held at 7 30 tonight farmers ranchers 4-h members agribusiness professionals are all uh, invited to attend you can contact uh, your county extension office for more details on that webinar again on tap for tonight the north dakota department of agriculture is holding farm to school meetings across the state over the next two months looking to improve access for local foods in schools. Uh, There will be a session tonight, 6.30 to 8 o'clock in Williston. Tomorrow they're in Dickinson. Coming up in December, they have sessions going on in Bismarck and uh, going on in the uh, uh, St. Michael area. Have yourself a great Monday. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.